So Skype stupid. You 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 probably want to be using uh, headphones, but if you got an earache, that's a tough a toughie. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go one ear. Yeah, go one ear, dude. Do mono. <laughs> I'll say shit about you in your other ear, and you won't even know. <laughs> All right. Zenora's recording. Okay, cool. So just so you all, all right. know, you're yeah, you should be set to go as as long as um, um, what'll happen is if you do talk for more than three no. hours, which I, I don't know that you would, but if you were to, I think what happens is it'll it'll pop out a file for that three at the, the three hour mark, but it should just kind of keep going. I don't think you have to like then re-record, but just sort of. Be be aware if you're if you talk longer than that you might you might have to hit something at that point. Mm-hmm. Is there is there like a um, is there a topic that we're gonna go into specifically or can can we talk about synchronicity or are we just are we talking about world events or are we talking about both what are we what are we doing or do we have to define that? Why are we here? Who called this meeting? I feel yeah, like. Who- all the superheroes have been brought to the House of Justice, and everybody's just kind of looking at each other. Which is probably what they do <laughs> most of the time anyway, you know. <laughs> well, to put you on the spot, Zenora, you did start this call, you know, this this call for action or gathering. What did you have in mind? 
Zenor. Oh. Cricket, cricket, cricket. Dear. Is Zenor here? I'm here. I'm here. Uh, okay. Yeah. What do you What do you got? What do you What um, What What topics would you like to address? Just... The uh, Alan, the original recording got. Uh, you You got a copy of that, eh? It already showed up on chat. The, uh, the it, it should, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool, yeah. No, no, um, yeah, so what I wanted to, I, I didn't even, I, I just wanted to hear you guys talk about this. I was, um, I was sort of impressed with uh, Keith's um, Facebook input over the last few months and how it seemed to me that uh, Keith's whole approach or whole perspective. I don't know if it's his whole perspective or whatever, Keith. Um, but uh, it seemed like you've become more and more sort of radicalized against the uh, like the COVID emergency measures and so on. And um, I just wanted to hear basically your um, trajectory on that. And it seemed like other people here um, responded to uh, Keith's face, uh, Facebook page and maybe had a similar trajectory and I just wanted really to find out where people are at with all of this um, is, is this instance. an intervention yeah for you <laughs> well I'm out no 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 this is a coming out party we threw you a coming out party it's well, perfect then I'm you in. can't refuse it's I'm... our gift to you it's your fantasy David where's the cake <laughs> Keith, where are you at? Well, why don't you articulate your position right now on the on the on the COVID emergency, Keith? I know I know you have an earache, but I'm putting you on the hot spot. <laughs> yeah, I. <do. laughs> <laughs> you can uh, I uh, you can respond or not respond. That's where I was coming from. Yeah, it's just I can't hear out of my right ear, and then the earphones in my left ear so it sounds like i'm underwater right now it's so weird um an uh, underwater interview could be perfect <laughs> yeah so man i i yeah i don't i don't i don't know how to where to begin um, um i just don't well, let's, uh, let's start simplest terms what experiences have you had with covid well, um, I I got COVID sometime between October and December, uh, and didn't and you know by the time I tested positive for the antibodies, uh, I was negative for the virus. So, you know, if we're to believe the test, then and and I had I had a viral test in October, so I know I I didn't have it at that point. Or rather, an antibody test in October. So, yeah, um, I had it and had no, you know, reaction according to the tests. Uh, my whole family has had it. My wife and two kids. Uh, my wife got a little bit sick. The kids had nothing. Uh, and yeah, plenty of relatives uh, have had it, and I guess. Yeah, maybe that's, you know, maybe that explains kind of my radical position. I don't know a single person who, you know, had a serious negative consequence. Um, and lots of 
people that I talk to have, or at least claim to know people. Um, but yeah, that hasn't entered into my sphere of experience. Um, so yeah, my brother has it with emphysema, and he's over fifty, and so it's really disconcerting. Um, you know, but I'm, it's just one of those things where it's like my brother has put his body through a lot over the years. And so he's he's vulnerable. And a lot of that is is to do with his own life choices, which have been pretty extreme. And so, you know, I don't know how it's going to go for him, you know, but at the same time, it's like there's a certain futility there, you know, like he's working around Amish people in Indiana, you know, and it's just like, you know, I think he worked with like 36 people and like 29 of them all tested positive, including himself, you know, um, so, yeah, I don't know. And I don't know where I am. 78-year-old mother-in-law got it, um, survived it, but was treated with um, monoclonal antibodies. They um, really threw everything they had at it because she got it in a rehab facility. my my whole thing is um, the, the the vaccine. I I'm, I'm having a lot of trouble with how the vaccine is getting rolled out and the way that people are turning a very um, a, a complicated medical decision into a political one. Yeah. Um, extremely dangerous when when you consider that this vaccine is the first of its kind, not the Johnson and Johnson. That's the a, a traditional vaccine where you take a dead part of the and, and turn it into and make the body have an immune response to that. But the the Moderna and the Pfizer va- vaccine, two shot vaccine, is an RNA vaccine, which is a new type of vaccine um, that's never been rolled out in this type of um, quantity before, and we we just don't have the data at all on it uh to to be doing what we are doing <laughs> and i'm 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 scared to to see um just how um non-thinking people are 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 responding to it and you know i've had uh, i certainly would never get it because i have autoimmune disease and i um i don't want to have a immune response i don't want to see what happens i don't want to be in an experiment i've been in an experiment my whole life i'm i'm not willing to do that um and so the response that i've gotten from people who i thought were normal and thinking people is is like you're not a doctor you should get it so they're screaming at me and pointing their finger and saying that I'm a Trump supporter because I don't want to get in this vaccine for medical and scientific reasons. Right. Why? But I understand completely. Yeah, yeah. Quote, um, quote anti-vaxxers used to be mostly. I'm not a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. yeah. And then they're giving me it, medical yeah. advice, but they're not doctors. So it's like there's no thought going into it. It's just all fear. And we certainly can't trust uh, Big Pharma. They they have a track record that has proven that. So I'm scared. I'm scared about the vaccine and how it's going to turn into, you know, a passport. You won't be able to travel if you don't subject yourself to it. You won't be able to have any, you know, they'll use it to take away more of our rights. 
fucked up situation. Right. Yeah, uh, traditionally, most anti-vaxxers have been liberal mothers until the Trump era. And so that gets kind of confusing. <laughs> <laughs> right. True. Well, I think part of that is because the the right wing decided to try and infiltrate those areas, right? I mean, there was a a massive mm-hmm. there's a there's a record of a massive infiltration of particular like mother groups, like mommy and me Facebook groups, were infiltrated by QAnon, a hard fucking core. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's a lot of this idea of, you know, it's 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 the same philosophy that's worked for Republicans and the Catholic Church and every powerful institution in the past, right? Hey, we'll try and assimilate you. We'll tell you that we believe what you believe. Just join our cause. Would you and say I, that RFK is politicizing it? Uh, no, because I think because I know his record. I, I've I've been aware of what he's been saying for a really long time. I don't know what he's saying presently, but I know what his vaccine approach has been for a long time. I haven't paid yeah, attention. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't say COVID, that it is. It's I, just. Yeah, it's just funny when we talk about politicizing virology is you look at somebody like RFK and it's like, if you just listen to what he says literally and not whatever commentary around it or whatever, but just somebody calls him an anti-vaxxer. He's like, he said it so many times. He's like, I am not anti-vaccination. I am anti-no liability. I am uh, Mm anti-fast tracking. I'm, you know, like, and we rationalize, you know, but it's like, dude, I am, I am, I don't know. There's all these projections of what we were in for. I mean, Sweden was predicted to have 10 to 15 times as many deaths as they actually had um, if they responded the way that they did. Uh, we we had a projection that was, you know, unbelievable, you know, of what they were, and it's bad, it's bad, but it's, it's at the same time, it, it, we did not meet the projections that were the rationalization for a lot of the things that are happening. And so that gets kind of weird. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, Sweden, by per capita, had uh, what was it? New York had four times as many deaths as Sweden per capita, you know. And they and they instituted the mandates right away. And I realize people are stacked on top of each other, and there's all these variables. And that's, a, I mean, that's one of the big things in science is you just have a million variables that you have to account for, and that's why RCTs are so important. You know, if you want to understand so- something scientifically, you have to account for so many different aspects and and you know uh, randomized controlled trials are are essential to understanding what's uh, getting a, a semblance of a scientific understanding if you're just going by research papers let alone like peer-reviewed studies for your basis to have to apply mandates that gets really oh. tricky if you have to have an emergent call an emergency and then not have the science to back what it is that you're that you're doing in terms of rcts that's problematic i mean Fauci w- it will it will emphasize that you have the the that RCT is the gold standard of science if you bring up hydroxychloroquine or anything like that. And I don't have one thing to say on that one way or the other. But at the same time, it's like he'll say, and if you bring me a peer reviewed study, then I'll, uh, that that's not enough. So they're like, here we have these peer reviewed studies, and he's like, I need an RCT, otherwise I can't say that this is legitimate. And I'm like, wait a minute, you did the opposite with face masks. You said with face masks at the beginning that we, you know, he basically just quoted what the CDC still has up for when it, when you're dealing with um, influenza. The influenza viruses are larger than uh, the, the coronavirus. And so, like, it's just a matter of physics. 
So we're, you know, when you're looking at the efficacy for something and the RCTs don't back the thing that they're saying that they're, that, you know, I mean, in hospitals, they weren't used for viruses. Use a fucking hazmat suit for that. You, you, you use masks for, uh, you know, not to have droplets when you're doing surgery or blood splatters, you know, at your face, like you have to have protection there. Uh, but they were never used for protection from viruses. And anyone from OSHA emphasizes this. That's why I think it's funny, too. Like, is there an OSHA employee that feels differently, that doesn't challenge the face mask thing? I don't know if there is. Yeah, I, 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 I got yeah. cut off for a second. But, um, the, yeah, all of, the, all of the mandates, the masks, um, well, vaccines aren't mandated, but the stay-at-home orders, the lockdowns, the quarantines, none of those things. Uh, is there any evidence that they actually work? In fact, there's all kinds of evidence that they don't work. Um, you know, I mean, Florida has been re, I'm in Florida, and Florida has been reopened since October. And the governor has has banned fines for violating uh, local ordinances and has also banned uh, vaccine passports, both uh, in the government as well as private entities within the state of Florida. I think, you know, several other states have followed uh, that as well, Texas, and I forgot who else, but um, yeah, and Texas is the other one uh, where, you know, <laughs> how many times have they said, you know, oh, look out, just wait two weeks, and Texas just continues to drop in terms of cases, hospitalizations, and deaths. That's right. After like the 4th of July, they were like, oh my God, this is going to be the, you know, the super spreader event or whatever. It didn't happen. And, and meanwhile, you have places like Ontario, which is, I, it feels to me, I, I don't know, I have a friend in, who lives in Toronto, and that place seems like ground zero for the fucking hellscape uh, dystopia. I mean, yeah. they now, the police now are able to just, you know, stop you and question you about, you know, whether you have a right to be out, and if you refuse to speak to them, it's a $750 fine. Uh, it's pretty yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's uh, Ontario um, $3,000 fine if you don't uh, if you on an incoming flight if you don't stay one of the quarantine hotels is a $3,000 fine. Yeah, I'm I'm from Ontario. I've got a, so of course I got family and friends, a lot of them still there, but uh um yeah, we'll see see how it goes with this. They they've just They've just implemented all these new uh, lockdown orders over this weekend. And uh, I don't know, just find out how many people comply with it or not. Um, Is it true that in Japan there's been more suicides in 2020 than COVID deaths? I don't know. I haven't seen the statistic. But it, it, there's, there's, there are a lot of suicides all the time in Japan. So <laughs> right. Possibly. But it, yeah, with Japan also, there hasn't been a, there hasn't been a lockdown. Like they have, they have these... Um, I, I think they're called emergency procedures or something. <laughs> one, one of them that they've been saying is uh, with businesses like restaurants and bars that you shouldn't that you should close after eight o'clock in the evening. Um, 
But then, <laughs> if you wanted to go to a bar or restaurant before eight o'clock, you could you could come there with as many people as you want. You know, right? The and absurdity it, it, of that is that whenever you shorten hours, that you're going to have more people in there in the hours that it's shortened. So where's the that's that's counterintuitive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's, I just, the, it's, yeah. it's just a matter yeah, of doing that, something. We have that here. I was yeah. at the bank the other day and I saw that they only had one door open, and I was like, "Why is that other door blocked off?" Like they had stuff in front of it too. And I just asked a security guy, I was like, just, you know, just curious, do you know why that door is blocked off? And he said, I have no idea. And I was like, all right, no idea. Just, okay, whatever. Uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the supermarkets and stuff around here, Walmarts included, started blocking off one door. But that was like after the shooting started backing, backing up a little bit. Like once there was a, a couple of mass shootings, especially the one here in Colorado, um, they just all of a sudden shut down. You know how like Walmarts have two entries? Yeah. I'm not sure why that is, but I don't know if it had something to do with the actual shooting or not. Right. It's the it's the the institutional element and the mechanized element that I find um not good for, you know, like that that kind of encourages neurosis in people to have them falling in line like that. It's like, you know, that South Park where they have the cops running the school or whatever. That's like an exaggeration, obviously. But like there's something to be said for when you're walking around and you, you're being directed in such a way that you're basically like it feels very cattle like. Like you'll experience that if you go to concerts, like I'll be at concerts and I want to like bah really loud. I'm like, bah! you know, because it's like I feel like I'm a sheep now being told go here, go there, you know. But even concert, you're crowded together. So this is like you're. You're, you know, the, yeah, it's, it's, it's strange the way that it affects human interaction. I mean, when you go, can't tell if people are smiling or, you know, or what the, you know, it's hard to read people. I went and picked up a refrigerator recently from this guy who was at this fancy like house overlooking Cupertino. And uh, we were, I was there for like 15 minutes and, you know, he's wearing his mask the whole time. And then I, he said something about the face mask or whatever, cause it's like super hot. And I was like, I was like, oh, you know, I don't, you know. I'm here. I don't really care. So I dropped my mask and then he dropped his mask and his fucking smile was like, I had no idea who I had been talking to. And I was like, whoa, this guy's like a super friendly, awesome, happy guy, you know, but it was like, I don't know. It's so strange how you're relating to somebody through a lens. Like when I was like, would practice silence for long periods, you know, it's like people would come up with all kinds of ideas of like have different projections that people do that anyway but it was like further emphasized and i got to like see people kind of like projecting whatever they wanted onto me i think people can do that with the mask phenomenon too where it's like especially for children trying to learn to read people's f facial cues and things it's like really difficult with just eyes you know yeah, it's interesting how the uh yeah i make up i make up has a has evolved in uh, Japan, like people, <laughs> people because they're wearing masks all the time. That it's eye makeup is becoming more elaborate and more like uh, uh, important, you know, just to because that's all people are expressing themselves with. Yeah, it makes my nose run, and I think it's because it gets pressed on my septum when I wear like a like a like a uh, more uh, a real mask. You know, because I wear like a shamesh that I fold over four times. But like when I wear a regular mask, it's even worse. But even if I wear the Shaw mesh, it makes my nose fucking pour snot. So like I'll be at work and it'll be like after 15 minutes of wearing it, I'll just start to feel like my I'm just like, wow, I'm just in a moist pocket. Of, like it does. It just it's, oh, man, I don't know if everyone has that. I don't think they do because I've asked other people and they're like, no, my nose doesn't fucking pour snot when I wear a mask for too long. But that's been my experience. Now, mine does. Well, thank you. I'm not it 
and I walk right by people that I know. I just walk right by them because I don't recognize them. They have a mask on their face. I, right. I'm having a lot of problems, like relating to people and figuring out what's going on. Yeah. I don't know. Really, I hate the mask. And when I see it, I don't have TV, but if I happen to be somewhere where there's a TV and I see people on TV with their masks on too, it's just it's me so deeply. I don't even know how to describe the the feeling of like doom that that it's it's like it's permanent. It's never going to. It's feeling. I just I hate it. Yeah, I got. I've been in the in the past like week. I've been booted from two different groups on on social media for sharing uh, an excerpt from the CDC on face masks uh, for influenza. And I say this is for influenza, but I share it. And uh, one was a local group, an Aptos group, and yeah, they kicked me out and then they let me back in. So it's like I was like penalized or whatever. And then I was like, but there was people name calling me over what I was sharing. And I just tried to like share it in the most respectful way. And I was like, I'm not like even like, I'm like looking at here's the the Paris study that was peer reviewed. That's like the most, I don't know, um, authoritative study on uh, specifically COVID-19 as it relates to uh, face masks for viral spread. And they said with a surgical mask, like fitted, it's about 5% protection. And so I'm like, wow, you know, like 5% protection is some protection, but the way that people are being about it is not, it's, and also there's that, but then you're like at the cost of what else. And so the other issues can develop. And that's something that was emphasized by the CDC. That's part of the excerpt of what I was sharing was potential problems of people touching the mask and then wherever their hands have been and whatever from other bacteria, you know, it doesn't have to be the virus. You can have other things that are affecting you and your, and your uh, immune system, you know? So yeah, no, it's, it's a trick. It's a tricky one, but I'm no. So what's the function of the mask? then? If the, if the function of the mask is not to keep people from getting sick, What's the function of the mask? Well, I can speculate. I could say from a PR perspective, it could be the trade-off. Because whenever you're uncomfortable and then they say, well, you don't have to experience this discomfort anymore if you do this thing. And if it's a product, then what would that be? You know, uh, whoa, I don't have to wear this shit anymore. Uh, What do I have to do? I mean, what happened coming out of the Great Depression when they got people to trade their gold for paper? You know what I mean? It's like they were coming from a place of defeat and they were feeling helpless and it put them into a position where they were more willing to do things that they otherwise would never have done. And so I don't, I don't suspect, like, I think if, if something is happening with our health that's, like, harmful with the vaccines, I don't actually, that, for me, I feel like that's a byproduct. I don't feel like they're trying to do that. The one thing that I will entertain that I think is possible for the same reason that I've had it explained about chem, chemtrails is because I didn't. I, I I live in Santa Cruz. Like people are all about chemtrails. I've been hearing it for years, and I actually like never really. I'm like, where's the real evidence for that? But then when I had it explained that it was like that there that there's the possibility that it had the intention to stop global warming, that there was something to do with the atmosphere that they wanted to like. But then what that does for health as a as an extension of that is like an is like another issue. And so the one thing I would entertain with the vaccines is the possibility that they're trying to keep down the birth rate. And I think a lot of people, even unconsciously, even if they know that or like, OK, with that, they'll rationalize that. They'll be like, well, you know, there are a lot of people, you know, and uh, do we expect this to go on like this indefinitely? And so I could see somebody like Bill Gates being like, yeah, lower the birth rate they can't to make people infertile. Like, that's not out of the question. I, I don't. And I could see how they could rationalize that as not being evil or nefarious, you know. 
Um, yeah, because after all, the planet is overpopulated. Right. Right. And we've heard them you know, give so talks the on this idea, issue, which is not true. It's just there's too many psychopaths, and they want everything. <laughs> That's why I love they don't want to share. <laughs> you know, there's not too many people. We wouldn't exist. You know, if if right. the Earth could not sustain us, we would not be. So, it's just get let's get rid of the psychopaths. Right. But well, people I think are, people the are reason clustered for the together is to disconnect us. Yeah. Yeah, it's to disconnect us because, you know, when you. We, <laughs> Like I said, I can't, it's really hard for me to connect to people because I don't know who they are. I can't see them under the mask. I'm like, uh, oh, I know you. Okay. Yeah. I, I have trouble with facial expressions to begin with. So put a mask on it. I have no idea what's happening. Yes, isolated I've, people I've are pliable. Unfamiliar with individuals when I saw them without their mask. Like an individual who I used to see every day, and now I've seen them every day with the mask. And then I see them without their mask, and it's almost shocking. Like, yeah, remember you? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, if you just look at somebody's eyes, they're almost a totally different person. But I also, I don't know. It's weird. It's like it's all about aesthetics, though. But like, that's why I was asking about what's the point of the mask? The mask is all aesthetics, right? It's, right. All it's also become a fashion thing, and it's also kind of a fetish. I think it's isolation. Mm -hmm. like yeah. Isolated, yeah. isolated people are very easy to control. And there's so many, there's so much. It's not just vaccine or anything having to do with COVID. There's so much social coercion going on that people are just looking at each other going, I have to say yes, right? Yeah, okay. When you're isolated, yeah, yeah. you're viable. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, uh, gosh. I'm, you know, I'm I'm mostly in agree, you know, as far as like, hey, num numbers are numbers, right? And like we can, um, we can say, hey, uh, I generally agree with the idea of like things are bad. There's been a lot of death, but nowhere near the capacity that, nowhere near the speculated models, not even close. And so I generally agree with um, everything that's being said here, but I. I do feel like there's something that's not, there is a danger in this as well of what I'm hearing you guys point out as what the dangers are versus just an, an, another danger that I see, which is something we saw a lot in the last few years, which is you're seeing something that is obviously wrong and that makes you uncomfortable and then there are people who are telling you they're on your side, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. that it creates this dichotomy that if it's clearly the, the people who are causing lockdowns and are telling you about contradictory information about face masks and vaccines and all this sort of stuff, you're able to say those are the bad guys, but then who are the good guys? And Keith, I, I want to ask you a specific question. So you mentioned like your governor and your the the numbers in Florida. And I think for the most part, it's you know, if everyone was fucking dying, you would have a hard time hiding that. So I don't think like that's happening. That's not that's not where I'm going with this. Isn't again, it's not like this extreme other direction. But in Florida in particular, there is something that I 
kind of keep coming back to, which to me is very telling. Again, it's not saying that the information is in the opposite. I'm just saying that the response is very telling. Are you familiar with the woman in Florida who was hired by the state of Florida to create the COVID database to keep track of the numbers? The one whose house was went into? Yeah, the one, the one whose house was raided by police. Early on, that was like in uh, April. Well, that no, was, no, no, that, that was, was later. Right, that was when they first, well, it was when Florida like first June. decided they didn't want, they didn't want those numbers. <laughs> so like literally, her, oh. she was, right, she was hired to put together a database that just collected the information. Oh, we have a positive test here. Okay, this is, and whatever, and kept this information. And then what happened was they said, hey, we, we don't want we don't want those numbers. Same thing as how they pulled the fucking CDC numbers in the middle of this. Right. And everyone. And if you liked Trump or you mm -hmm. thought the numbers are being overblown, you're like, yay, that's fucking great. And if you're <laughs> anyone else, you're like, holy shit, they just fucking pulled <laughs> the statistics. You know, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. So my, my point is uh, all I want to sort of say is like. I don't think there are any heroes in this because the state of Florida mm -hmm. wanted, they used armed force to control when this woman said, hey, okay, I built this thing. They fired her. They they took away her funding and she said, okay, I'm going to keep doing this on my own. And she did it as just like a, she was like, this is fucking crazy. Why am I, why is there pressure for me doing this thing that I was asked to do? And now suddenly they don't want me giving this information out. And she said, I'm going to keep doing it for my own home. And they sent armed fucking police and raided her home and fucking yanked all the computers out of her home. That's crazy. And that, to me, is very telling in this other sense is that if there was, if this model was in any way accurate, we also see how these people would respond. Right, right, right. It's on both sides of the fucking table. Absolutely. Right. So um, I just sort of want to ask thoughts on that. Yeah. Just to add to the Alan before Keith is, um, they've just in Florida passed this new anti-riot bill, and that's that's coming right from the there governor you go. as and well. What's a, and right? what's a riot? So, well, they they determine what a riot is. The cops can say whatever is a riot, right? Right. They, they can say whatever they, is a riot. They can call what a riot is in, at any time. So it's like a, we see this with Black Lives Matter. You just declared an unlawful assembly. Like yeah, I knew this as soon as the the Capitol was stormed. I'm like, oh great. It doesn't matter if you're Antifa or whatever you are. Now we have a, you know, it seemed like an invitation and they wanted more. Like they wanted an attempted insurrection. That was the hope. And they didn't get that. They got something that was pretty flaccid. But they used that to everything they could they could <laughs> to pass the things that they already had wanted to put in place. And so it's just blatant opportunism, you know, uh, and it's 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 very indistinguishable from just like a, a further extension of the Patriot Act, as far as I can tell, because now it's 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 more like terrorist has become such a broad term that, you know, it, it, what what's your, you know, <laughs> what's your chosen terror, you know, <laughs> it's like, and if, when the enemy's invisible, man, then it gets really tricky. If we have a, since I heard Trump say we have an invisible enemy, I was like, oh, great. We're in some, for some Philip K. Dickian shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. So Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida. Right. I mean, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's not a good guy. He's not a, a hero in this drama uh in my mind i'm not sure what 
what else you were asking, Alan, for me to comment on. Yeah, we see that a lot with these, ex like these polarized extreme positions and like sanity is nowhere to be represented. Yeah, notice how both extremes say it's the it's the economy or people's lives, and one side is like, well, if you want to make an omelet, you got to break some eggs, and the other side is, oh my god, I don't want grandma to die, so fucking you got to do this, that, and the other thing, you know? It's a it's a it's a difficult one, but meanwhile, Sweden had more more deaths from people over eighty. It was un unbelievable how you know. And they said our biggest mistake was having no policy for all the private nursing homes. And so after that happened, what was it, Kiomo? just basically put COVID, known COVID positive people into nursing homes. So I was like, all the things that we're saying that we're doing this for and who to protect the most vulnerable apparently aren't as, you know, uh, protected as everyone's trying to, on, on the, you know, regular level of society trying to protect. You know, it's, it's, it gets kind of weird, but it's also the big elephant in the room is how we treat elderly people across the world and the attitude about the elderly and basically that people have kind of like they want to do the right thing and they want to take care of their grandparents or whatever but also people have lives and things that are consuming them and they don't always have the time there anyway and when you say that i'm not visiting grandma because i love her but you didn't even visit her that much in the first fucking place it gets kind of weird i'm like i'm i'm that that i don't know how virtuous that is ultimately you know um because she'd probably like a visitor you know and uh, the hospitals telling that people that nobody's allowed in there because of protection from COVID and all this kind of stuff. You know, people people who have their loved ones go with them to the hospital, fucking look out for those people. And I have, can tell you several examples in my own life and lives of other people that I've known that I've fucking had to call out hospitals for doing things in the midst of it when they're like, wait a minute, what are you doing? No, not okay. And like they're having no one there to fucking look after them. is kind of, it's, it's, it's not so good. And you don't even have to be bad people necessarily. They just you know they can be a lot of useful idiots too you know that you know yeah yeah so so many different yeah, and then pushing the, pushing the vaccine on right. the elderly as well um right sorry mine is delayed my my phone um and then when they die uh a few days after the second dose their death doesn't count because <laughs> they were only so the, the the elderly are being depopulated in more than one way um, with this thing. Vulnerable to, this is, to the virus this, and vulnerable to the vaccine. So this this goes into intent um, on whether it's just incompetence or by design. I mean, mm -hmm. are you implying design? Are you implying that this was designed somehow to get rid of the elders? No, no. Um, no, no, I shouldn't say that. No, I think that um, the the design is uh, really about the the um, medical establishment and big pharma having um, you know no accountability whatsoever. Yeah, there you go. Um, and and so and so it's our societal attitude towards old people that that is letting this thing happen the way that it's happening. Yep. And because this vaccine is, is the, uh, this brand new type of vaccine, they're not really saying, oh, it's, it's really only designed to uh, um, you know, teach you, teach your body how to make a protein that will make antibodies that will fight this thing off. Really? <laughs> Come on now. Um, yeah, so we're, we're, letting, we're letting them 
experiment on the most um, vulnerable people. Why would we be asking vulnerable people? Right. To take and Afri Africa and, too. And and have we we have herd immunity at the same time? Like you have one or the other, you know. And and <laughs> why don't you let people who are healthy, you know, experiment and and take this massive, uh, massively, um, you know, your body body's response is going to be different for everybody and you know so many people i know or like my grandmother was killed by this vaccine because they think they had to do it and even my own mother who's a scientist in the beginning was like they're rushing this thing it's brand new and then she got it herself you know and she's almost 80. so it's it, they're really you know working on the population to to make them compliant and Get get people to go along with the program and the narrative, you know, and the and the program is do with big pharma, you know, you know, but it's it's our own ignorance that's allowing the populate in the way that it's going yeah. down. Yeah, I think I don't, I don't know, Alan, but it, it sounds like uh, that was one of the points that you're trying to make is that uh, how to make a distinction of 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 what is the program and who's actually. Uh, who's implementing it and and how complex it is like when you have when you have like florida for example at, at the same time they're trying the the governor is against vaccine passports but then they're implementing anti-riot legislation it's like they're playing both sides at once and you have mm -hmm. you have the same thing with uh with people who support uh blm etc you know um who are justifiably i think against um, the militarization of police and the abuse of police power and racial profiling of the police on the one hand, but then you have people against that entire movement, but those people are completely against uh, lockdowns as well. And then on right. the BLM side, they're split. And, and, and so it's, it's uh, obviously it's, it's kind of a divide and conquer sure, strategy yeah. that's being used against us, you know? It's like... Uh, I thought um, it was very... Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say again. Like it's, um, it's obvious that if you have, if you give police more power because of the lockdowns, um, you, you're also going to end up giving them more power, militarizing them at the same time. And, and it's and it's the same thing on the other side. You know, it's like you end up militarizing the cops. You're going to give them more power when they actually do the the lockdowns. You know, so it's 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 just a, obvious. A damned that, if you do, damned if you don't. Situation well, there. It's just obvious that those two movements have to get together, you know. If it's if if anything's going to get accomplished, I don't think we, I don't think we can have movements like we used to have movements because when you had like when people would go to do like a protest and you hold a sign or something, we have the internet now. If you want to spread a message, you can spread you can spread a message. But like I mean, Alan knows like what was that the free speech zone for the nine eleven thing, and then you end up like if you're carrying your cell phone, all of a sudden you're just like a total target. Oh, we got somebody who's not with the program, you know. And so it, it's hard to do any kind of activism now. Uh, the only it, activism that really works is when it's direct. When you're like, here's the thing that's being done. Here it's directly affecting the thing that we're wanting to affect. Like if any symbolic gesture now doesn't mean much. It's, it's hard, you know, but it, it, it always has been hard because it's always an arms race against the, the state, right? You're always trying to outdo them and they're trying to outdo you. But it's, it's like... Uh, I think it's still essential for bodies out in the street together, you know, like that's the most empowering thing. I'm just saying there's a flip side to that that for didn't sure. used to exist. 
because it used to always be like, mm-hmm. you know, you look at like the Democratic convention, um, you know, in what was that, 72 or something, where you had the, um, you know, the whole world is watching and they beat all these people up and it was, it was caught on camera, you know, but like people's exposure to that, like those things happen anyway, but like we're filming fucking everything now. So it's just like, I mean, I, you guys probably watched that, that guy, uh, the video that came out recently from like, what was it last December or something of the, 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 uh, Lieutenant when they're shouting at him to get out of his car, you know? And he's like, why have you seen this? Yeah, I heard about yeah, that. I've seen, You've seen it? Yeah. No, it's just, um, it's just that stuff w- went on before, but it wasn't always in every so accessible to people to to see it. You know, I mean, there was all those cop watching groups, and I watched a million videos. My cousin used to share them with me, and it's just like, wow, dude. And now a lot of those have been taken down. You know, and it's like I know that stuff is still going on. I mean, and what it's weird to me that certain things will come and be like in the media and, and sensationalized or whatever. They're blown up, and then you have these things that happen all the time that oh, most of them slip under the radar of the general populace. So it's like I think if people because, were just exposed to all of it, they just yeah. wouldn't. Used to, you know. I, I think it is. I think it's. I think things that go viral are pushed or made to go viral through marketing more than mm-hmm. we. Mm-hmm. I think there's like, public relations yeah, happening far more we than we. Spread that message. Yeah. Power. I think that that's where the real power lies right now. Can spread a message this, anymore. To to the ability to like. And mobilize large groups of people or at least sway large groups of people. I think most memes are like fucking engineered that most memes that you see or like, like I have this whole fucking theory about the whole capital fucking shit. Like, cause like the, the, a couple of days before the capital thing happened, there was that whole Democrat who had came out and said, a man, a woman, like who gives a fuck? But I woke up the next morning and it was like all of these motherfuckers that I knew down south were immediately posting that shit. And I have this whole thing. It's like all has to do with outrage, right? They like know how to fucking zero in on demographics Mm. and they use fucking click farms where they basically just model all of these individuals to be exactly who their target demographic is. And then they wake up the next morning. Like I think that I read it was I think uh, like – most of the most of the Facebook groups that organized the capital <coughs> takeover were recommended by Facebook. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like that's why a lot of the, that's why they like they, like I think Trump knew how to do it. I think Trump used it back in 2016 with all of that leaked information that came from fucking WikiLeaks and shit. Right. Yeah. It's it's mysticism in the in the Reichian sense. Well, listen though. Oh wait. Okay. You can't just drop the name Reich and expect me to keep flowing the way I was flowing. Like this is like (laughs) death trap. You fucking knew that. David. Well, what I'm what I'm what I'm saying is applicable because <laughs> it what, was a what DOR is, is, he shot at you. Yeah, yeah. yeah because so, what, what what is QAnon? QAnon is cryptic. That's why it works so well. Is because people fill in their own blanks, and so publish sure, enigma. Basically, just telling what people like all Trump did the whole time was basically tell his base what they were already saying. Basically, he just gave them validation, and that's it. Whether it was truth or not, it didn't matter because it was just somebody repeating what they said. Mm, you get yeah, what? and it's it's pushing a false dialectic 
that both sides have fallen for. And so people that say Trump's a liar are completely correct. A lot of Trump's lies they've fallen for and react against. And they're, they're, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a way to kind of like, uh, yeah, activate people. So, so to get back to my point though, back in the beginning, when all that stuff was coming out about Hillary and the fucking WikiLink shit, all of that stuff was already fucking known because of Snowden before it, it was just made to go viral at like four timing. It's almost like, this media manipulation to to like harvest slander and get people outraged because it works. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so we they, were already divided and they divided it further. It was just fragment, further and further fragmentation. And it's systematic, this, absolutely. The same thing is true with all of the cop shit and stuff too, though. On the other side of the fucking fence, most of that stuff happens all of the time. You know what I right. mean? Right, it's just yeah. things And all of a sudden you're like, why is George Floyd's like, why do you have murals being painted of him? You know what I'm saying? Like right, right, right. The campaign, not to say that there shouldn't be or anything like that. That's not my point. It's just like these things just don't like happen. I do not believe these things it's, happen. It's weird. There's high weirdness. Dude, I'm like F- Floyd can't breathe, breathe, you know, run, rabbit, run. You get what I'm saying? Like it's it's dark side of the moon. It's fucking it's fucking weird. Um. Um, yeah, I just want to. I, yeah, I just want to say that the, these things are organic to some extent too. Like the, you do, you do have, you do have things spreading throughout the net or throughout society organically. But at, then at the same time, it's like you're absolutely right. It's like uh, they get spawned from these different uh, PR agents, like inside the U.S. and outside the U.S. too. Like a. Um, so it's 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 really hard to say what's happening, but I think yeah, yeah. I think there's always an organic element to it. Like a like a lot of people like like the George the George Floyd thing. It's like uh, people put the image of George Floyd on whatever just because they 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 feel part of the movement. You know, it's is is that so so what is that? Is that is that because they're uh, uh, somehow conned by this uh, marketing scam, or is it just because they they really believe it? You know, you, it it's really hard to make that judgment. It's it's both because the movement yeah. is being is that, basically been hijacked to a degree, and it's being it's been directed, and so there's there's a lot of great people a part of it. It doesn't mean that there's not other things going on. You know. Yeah, it, it um, just with any movement, it's like a. It, I think I think there's manipulation between all the all big movements, but it um, movements don't carry on unless there's still some sort of organic element to them. Like it's it's almost like that idea that the uh, the demiurge can't create from nothing. You know, he he, <laughs> he has to, or 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 Sauron or Morgoth can't create from nothing. They have to they have to deal with the uh, the material that's already there and then twist it around. You know, um, so if if uh, if the movement's continuing, it's because there are people there who genuinely believe it, you know? Yeah. Anybody have something to add? I'm thinking about uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin, which you guys probably have heard of because it got on the map because of a police incident last uh, last summer. Uh-huh. And um, I am very connected to Kenosha. And... There were the people there know about this other police shooting of this young man named Michael Bell because the guy's father would 
buy billboards and put them all over town. You know, my son was killed by the police and they investigated themselves. They found themselves innocent and so on and so forth. So like when that happened, um, when Jacob Blake was shot, I got really plugged in. Like what's the, what's Michael Bell, what's Michael Bell's PR doing right now? Like what's the, where's the narrative? Like, is there some, I guess I kind of hoped that, you know, knowing Kenosha, there'd be some, religious movement of like religious people coming out and saying like we're all in this together and people for peace or whatever but it just never it just never seems to get positive I mean my friends in Kenosha you know their experience of of the Jacob Blake incident versus Michael Bell it's I mean it's it's just a national movement that the city got swept up in and I, I hope it just leads to progress at this point. It does seem like maybe it will. Mm. Uh, Wisconsin has had, you said Wisconsin? Yeah, Kenosha's in Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin has had a lot of issues with their police over the last, whatever, it's been 10 years or something. Uh, they, a lot of uh, police brutality in Wisconsin. Uh, I mean, it's true for everywhere, but I've just, I've had sure. a lot of repeating things coming my way from them. And I'm just like, wow. Hmm. Can I, can I, Alan, can I ask you a question? Um, there was, you, you, we had a talk one time and you had shown me a website and I believe it was a government website about the new currency proposal. Oh, you should mind, um, Thorium. What was it called? Can I, can I, you, I can called, you, pretty sure it's called I want, Thorium. I, I want that link to the actual place where they talk, where they explain the other city thing, because that's just been huge in my trip lately. Um, I'll, I'll try and find that for you. Yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to think yeah, about yeah. that. Uh, what that was. Um, right. So we're 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 going from the the densest type of 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 currency to trade to the leap to something completely etheric in terms of like, if you have digital currency, you've gone, we've gone through these stages and it's crazy. The thing where like the original dollar with the Jesus on the cross on one side and the serpent on the pole on the other, and how like that was one city where that came from the origin of the word dollar. And now that, that there's another city that they're naming the new currency after, which is another German place where another version of it came out where it was the dollar but it had a lion's head and so i'm like wait a minute the serpent and the lion and you just like Znorier spoke to the demi urge for a second and like how that relates to uh tet from the roots of the letter tet and where that appears in the cobblestick tree and all this stuff has just been blowing my mind um but yeah <laughs> i don't know you guys do cryptocurrency um no i almost did at some point but i didn't uh the the procedure here to sign up to it was so complex and so like uh elaborate that i was like no nah, i don't want to right <laughs> yeah. gotcha. but uh um no i was just i was just a friend of mine just sent me a link today of it's a talk by um by james corbett and uh uh what's his name palado from media monarchy yeah. Uh -huh. And they're talking about um, they're talking about how in the uh, WEF, the World Economic uh, World Economic Forum, they've got this 
um, scenario set up, like a simulation set up of a coming cyber pandemic. Um, so these guys are putting out the warning is like, that's, um, this is what's coming down the tubes. Um, and how they explain it is, uh, how the WEF is explaining it is that uh, um, there could be an attack that shuts down the whole internet or at least um, the financial centers and then there'd be a need for a, a big reset of all the uh, all the currencies to cryptocurrencies, right? Right. Um, all right, so that was, I found the article. This is Forbes.com. This is from uh, over a year ago. This is March 25th, 2020. And it's exactly what you're talking about. Um, and just so just to say, again, when we talk about what is the reaction, is this is March 2020. This is like just as the COVID lockdowns are happening, right? This is, I mean, that is, that is, I don't know about you guys. Um, my bar closed on April 16th, I think, or 15th. Um, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, March 15th. Yeah, March 15th. It's like my last day at the bar. Um, so this is 10 days later. I mean, this is like just when the this is happening. Um, and U.S. House of Representatives scrambled to craft a draft bill that would authorize trillions of dollars in payments uh, to consumer states, businesses, and vulnerable populations during the COVID-19 emergency. It introduced the digital dollar concept that could potentially let the Federal Reserve, responsible for printing U.S. dollars, send stimulus money directly to individuals. Inspired by Bitcoin and its underlying blockchain technology, blah, 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 blah. Um, let's see. A previously scheduled meeting at blockchain consortium Hyperledger about a new project called eThaler using That's the it. Ethereum blockchain to create a central bank digital currency took on new meaning and urgency. Under the bill sponsored by California Congresswoman and Chair of the House Financial Services Committee, Maxine Waters, mentioned the use of digital dollars. Their benefits were largely theoretical. Now, all of a sudden, there was a very clear use. Such a prominent mention of digital dollars in a House bill in relation to the Federal Reserve means that the largest economy in the world has officially entered what is an increasingly heated race between a number of advanced projects at central banks around the world to be the first to issue this new kind of currency. Um, but you, you had read to me an explanation yeah, of what yeah. the name came from. Yeah, that's in the same article. So, first conceived earlier this year, uh, well, sorry, um, well, just I think it's important to read this paragraph before. Another bill offered by California Democrat and Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi and other Democrats originally also included the, quote, digital dollar language, which was stripped shortly just, after I, it started circulating in media reports. Earlier today, the Senate approved a $2.2 trillion stimulus package without mention of a digital dollar, now awaiting vote by the House. First conceived earlier this year, E. Thaler gets its name from the Thaler, a silver coin used throughout Europe for hundreds of years from which the word dollar is derived. Right. There we go. And so there was another city, though. There's two cities that they that it came from. There's the one dollar that has the serpent on the pole with Jesus on the cross. And it says NU21 for Numbers 21, where Moses puts a serpent on the cross and then you on the pole. Which is apparently speculated that that's where we get the symbol for money, but like what I'm tripping out on is the the serpent and the the ascent of the tree and the significance of the path pathway of Tet between Chesed and Gavora, 
And so like that is in its roots relates to the demiurge. So you have the serpent with the lion's head. And so this thing that you're reading about is a fucking lion's head thing. And the previous, the other dollar was the serpent. So I'm like, wow, the lion serpent and going from etheric to growth, uh, going from gross to etheric in our currency as we move in this time, like it's just, that's fucking huge. And then also what was the thing with, um, with on that uh the the heliopolis was the hebrew name for heliopolis is on which is a word for strength that uh also relates to idolatry which is like the antithesis of oz so like oz in hebrew is is has the gematria of 77 and on has the gematria of 707 and so as far as i can tell this is like in in when crowley has in his lust his interpretation of strength with the beast and the scarlet woman that corresponds to that pathway that that's relating to a, a, an alternate strength and so that's kind of what we're dealing with is is how you control a population through getting everyone to accept or embrace a particular idea of what strength amounts to because that's also security so anything that you want to institute in terms of security you have to have the populace in agreement uh that this is in fact what what strength amounts to and so which is kind of the one of the part of the essence of kabbalah is is you know the um you say yikes will <laughs> yeah yeah is is vulnerability and uh, receptivity and so it's like the antithesis of this other strength that they're you know so it i think one of the most profound things i've ever seen on television was the was the president i don't know if he's the president or the he's the leader of iran and he he said to, when when this guy on cnn asked him you know all these questions after there was a bombing and he said you know you you guys in america you're you're very concerned about security and he was like when will it be enough when will you have enough security to call yourself secure what's it going to take and i thought that was of all the things that he could say to the american public i thought that, that was pretty good <laughs> yeah i mean so much of the policies are just sort of cover your ass mm -hmm. how do you how do you mean keith What is happening here? Uh, Keith, you still there? Oh, he's out. He's cutting in and out. I think he's getting in. Um, David, I was going to say, do you know the uh, connection of the dollar sign and then the pillars of Hercules? Yeah, I've heard, uh, yeah, totally. And it's very relatable, obviously, because he, ta yeah. he takes down the temple. And that's actually exactly what I'm getting at, is because we're not relating to... The, the, the tree itself doesn't isn't going to die. It just can get restrained. So the emanated flow is not is not ultimately the issue uh, in terms of the, what the periphery of what we're relating to. We're actually seeing the collapse of the, the sustaining order of the empire fall to pieces, which as it falls, we also have to come face to face with the dualities that we've been relating to for millennia, you know, um, uh, Sarian material. Uh, I, you know what? Everything I've seen from Michael Sarian has been like another take on what he read from Ike. I haven't found him to have too many original thoughts. Um, did, I, did he say that? Did Am I referencing something that Sarian goes into? Alan? No, he had made a big deal out of the pillars of Hercules as the 
foundation of the money symbol. I, oh, I, think, I, think I see, I see. Yeah, made, yeah. Made a big deal out of that. That right. He, he made a big deal out of Fila being all of backwards, too. I mean, he can make a big deal out of all kinds of things, and yeah. some of them I, I can entertain, you know. Um, yeah, but he definitely went full force with the reptilians in the uh, under regions of the planet for sure. He's he's out there, you know, takes that all very literally. Yeah, his his focus was on the the cult uh, the cult of Akhenaten was his his big concern the cult of the uh, disc of the sun. Right. Was that one? Didn't Jay Coetzee have something to say about that from one of his favorite authors too? I can't remember what that guy's name was. Um, uh, that Akhenaten was Moses in Jake Coates' view, I guess. And that was Freeman. Um, but I think I think actually uh, Freeman claims that that was put forth by Freud. Yeah, that's right. Freud Freud wrote a whole book on Moses and monotheism. He he didn't claim that uh, Moses was Akhenaten, but he was like a priest of Akhenaten who uh, who went out to to lead the the Hebrews, and that that yeah. actually. That actually Moses was an Egyptian, um, right? But, uh, but he Freud Freud got torn apart. What was that? <laughs> what was that song that Moses sang? It was "Let's give him something to talk about." <laughs> I think <laughs> <laughs> was, that was a Moses song, right? A little mystery to figure out. Because <laughs> you know, you said Freud got torn up for that. Was that like a controversial oh. take, or are you saying? Yeah, there there just wasn't enough evidence for that, you know. That uh, as far as most historians were concerned, you know. So, but uh, that one was the it, coke talking. Yeah, it might have been. That was one of his later books. So, uh, right. I was going to stay. Um, so who knows? But it it does seem kind of it fits together well. Like Moses, Moses was obviously if he was Hebrew or not, he was initiated into the. Uh, um, Egyptian mysteries or the Egyptian religion. Right, but see, that's uh, the kicker. That relates directly to what I was talking about, about that place on, is because I asked Baruch about it, and he told me that, that, that Heliopolis had controversy within Kabbalistic circles of rabbis because there, it's believed that that city had a, uh, a synagogue that was basically a synthesis of, of Jewish mysticism and Egyptian mysticism, and that they leaned towards Egyptian magic and so that's the weird thing with, um, like, so Jabalon is in masonry. You have the trinity of Ja, as in yud heh vav -Hey, and then you have Baal, and then you have On. And so I was talking to Alan, what was a few months ago, <clears throat> and uh, lo just looking up this On, it's the eye. It's, it's, a, um, it's not just Ra. What is it? Is it Osiris? I have to look it up again. It's a Horus. Uh, the eye of Horus is like relating to on somehow because of Heliopolis. I forget, but anyway, yeah, that's that's the weird speculation is that we're dealing with this kind of like alternative take on Kabbalah that has a substitute thing that they're relating to, and that that is ultimately subject to break down uh, by its nature. You know, it's like if you're if you're if you're going against the grain of reality, you can only do that for so long. And so if you're building a whole empire on top of that false foundation, then you know eventually. If, if everything is built on top of a lie, it doesn't matter how convincing everything that's built on top of it is if the basis of it isn't true. And so that seems to be the baseline deception is, is one that has to do with strength or, the I guess, the ultimate uh, manipulation of humanity. 
Hey, can we hear from uh, like Amelia and Kira? I know you guys are there, and I heard you trying to chime in earlier. I feel like I haven't caught to hear much from you guys. How are you doing in all this? Uh, hey, Amelia. <laughs> um, I'm so excited to be on this call. I just want to say I um, love Zenor's book, so it's super honored to be on the call with you. And um, well, thank you. Thanks. And in fact, um, I just had a, an album that I finished and uh, secretly put out on March 24th. And one of the songs, um, part of it I wrote when I was reading a bit of your book while eating mushrooms, so. <laughs> Perfect, that's what it was designed for. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember what part, but I mean, I, I really enjoyed reading the book. Um, I was just, I, was just uh, I just want to say that um, the idea that Moses was Egyptian kind of is played out by the fact that his name is explained to be Egyptian, like the name Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe. Moshe part, yeah. Yeah, Moshe is like, is drawn from the well. That's, that's, we're taught like in yeshiva that that's a, an Egyptian name and that his sister's name is Egyptian. And yeah, that's, it, it plays out from. Well, he was sent out on the basket and he was named by the Egyptians, right? Yeah, but he didn't but come with a name tag. I don't but at think. the same time, he's like this massively important superhero. I mean, he's Superman, and 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 he's got an Egyptian name. It's a little. Suspicious. He wrote the Torah. He even wrote the stuff <laughs> after he was dead. He wrote. He wrote that he was the most humble man that ever lived. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting because so then you have. Um, then you have through like like in in Western Western civilization you have the the two streams one coming from Jerusalem one coming from Athens but they all both of them stem back to Egypt which is it's, it's an interesting point and then you have uh, you have people like uh, um, Bruno saying that uh, that's what that's what needs to happen in the, in the Renaissance he was saying that's what needs to happen these two streams come back together and we go right back to the Egyptian roots and that's that's what's going to uh, um, heal the culture. Yeah, I hear that. I think that there that people people have a lot of misconceptions on what the Egyptians were about, and that's largely to do for that guy who was working for Napoleon, having like been the the almost sole translator of like a lot of those hieroglyphs, and all the assumptions that we projected into them have to do with his own puritanical Christianity stuff relating to them as heathens. And so the intelligence of the Egyptians is is kind of lost there, and and the relationship that existed between people that were doing work trade there, essentially. Um, you know, it, I think that's the thing is that we, we relate to it like they were in chains. There's no chains. There was wilderness and a thriving society. And if people wanted to belong to that thriving society, they had to make certain compromises, you know, and at a certain point they'd had enough, you know. Um, but we have very little to ultimately go on with all that. So the assumptions that we make around the Egyptians gets kind of weird, you know. So um, I guess where, where I'm at with it is that I um, I'm struggling with the with loss, you know, so much loss of freedom. I mean, my 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 life has been this this slippery slope, lost freedom, uh, you know, on a personal level, but also on a societal level. Um, where I have over and over 
watched people mesmerized by fear and um, taken in by a narrative which, you know, has forces us into an impossible choice over and over and over. I watched this. Um, and, and like, both choices suck, you know. Take your, like, now, take your chance with a virus you know vaccine um, but uh, you know just to go back to the, the virus and what we could you know be thinking about it is it is it a form of um, uh, warfare because look at who's dying you know is, is that possibility um, I oh. don't know Oh, I, I know my, you know, I, 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 I don't think that, uh, you know, the powers that be are really that smart. I think they're just really good at taking advantage of a situation. Right. Um, probably more than anything else. Have you ever seen those uh, old interviews of, of Edward Bernays when he basically talks about how he couldn't believe how easy it was to, to take a, take an event throw something in there, put a spin on it, and just watch people, the way, how quickly people would react in mass to different things and how easily directed they were. And like, I have, I, I, after hearing that and hearing that from his own mouth, I can't ha help but have some degree of sympathy for it because he was also publishing Freud's works, his uncle in America, translating them into English, like him having pain for that because he wanted people to understand how they were being manipulated while he was manipulating them. I mean, I don't mean like total sympathy, like I'm on his side, but at the same time, I'm like, I get how weird that would fucking be when you're like, here, we, we want to get women to start smoking. They got, they, they doubled the amount of women smoking in three weeks with one event, you know, um, that's in Century of the Self. And so, did that stuff stop going on and what's who why would some place be an exception like this is what i don't get they're like no but this is exceptional because this is real no it can still be real and somebody can still be fucking uh manipulating something to a degree in the midst of that one thing doesn't negate the other so that polarized idea that it's this or that it's like saying that because the right. patriot act happened that no one died in the two towers it's like no, a lot of people died, and you know, but at the same time, we've we've established right. a conclusion, and we're acting from it as though there's no other possibility, and that's fanaticism, you know, and that's not it's not scientific. And that's what to do is, that. is going going on? Yeah, that's what's going on, and you know, we've been conditioned by these, you know, um, celebrities, these science celebrities, and so they're the ones who are allowed to carry. It doesn't matter what kind of scientists they are you know they can be an astrophysicist and we have to trust them on vi virology you know and right so but we've been conditioned for a long time that you know the the lay person you know has just no business talking about science unless they're vomiting back up the talking points they heard on the news then it's okay to talk right. about science right um just hideous lack of um, thinking Kira, I wanted, Kira, I wanted to ask you about. I, I remember seeing you um, post something on Facebook. It was like a, it was a chart about um, different sectors of the population who were most um, affected. I think it was, it was measuring um, deaths of people, um, COVID deaths, mm -hmm. and it, and the, and the highest, yeah. the highest sectors were Native Americans, right? Native Americans, and then mm -hmm. I think uh, mm -hmm. 
think African Americans and then and, yeah, my, my I think tribe African, has been decimated, um, completely decimated. But this is this is the thing. This is the thing. Like it's like, <laughs> it's like uh, so obviously there is a virus that's targeting certain communities. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not as mm-hmm. if the yeah, virus yeah. itself is bullshit. But then but then the vaccine also is playing into it. Like it's or um, how well those people get yeah, treated. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, people like, make yeah, it make right. it out that it's just like oh their immune systems or this or that. it's like you know what you don't fucking know that mm-hmm. we don't know the way that people are getting treated in different you know regionally and and yeah. Um, so the, this is the other thing like you so yeah. you have you have people in um, South America whatever like poor people uh, I think I forget where in Argentina I forget where it was but uh, demanding to get the vaccine you know because they felt that mm-hmm. there was corruption mm-hmm. inside their society that. Uh, the rich people and and primarily white people were getting were able to get the vaccine and they were being neglected, you know. So it's like, um, but if you take a like a strict anti-vax point of view, it's like, uh, oh, they should be happy that they're not getting vaccinated. But so obviously there's 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 a few things going on at once, you know. It's it's hard to kind of unravel all mm-hmm. that. Oh, you, yeah. So I would never like. Talk, try to talk anybody into or out of the vaccine. I just want the right to be able to make my own decision without, right. you know, um, pointing at me and calling me a Trump supporter, you know, yeah, totally. um, that there's, there's, you know, and, and realistically, people should not be listening to public policy when they make their medical decisions. They should be doing that with whoever they trust with their medical decisions, their doctor, you know, um, but we're so can, we've been so conditioned to think, oh well, this vaccine's out there, everybody's getting it. Not sure, it's it's and because they're pushing that, it's no big deal because they have this excuse because people are afraid of it, but they really need it, and so we have to really push it. And and so people who really shouldn't be getting it, um, and sh- are getting it. Right, because people have all kinds of different compositions of their bodies and stuff. Not everybody's a fucking sane. So to have a universal thing and just say, yeah, it's good to go without any experiment. Oh, my God. You know, uh, yeah, Yeah. it wasn't approved by the FDA. They they added a definition to what a vaccine is in 2020. Like there's a second definition now in order for them to have the emergency clearance to to get permission to do this. They had to be able to call it a vaccine and not just a treatment. Keith talks a lot about that. Um, It totally checks out. There's no question. Whole new thing. And I I I saw some breakdown of what it does with the with the placenta. That there's an issue with the with the T cells. So there's there's a. Apparently, there's a very legitimate argument for a concern of how this could affect mm-hmm. uh, the, the birth rate mm-hmm. for, for fertility, especially in women. And the warnings that they give women around if they're pregnant or, if, you know, and you can't have sex for a period of time after you take it. And there's these different things, you know, and it's it's and a lot of those things I'm not seeing much of an explanation for. It's just kind of like, yeah, it's it can it can affect your your uh, menstruation and these different things. And it's like, what are we what are we doing here? What is, what is this? People yeah. are really fucking like the, oh, the yeah. propaganda I, uh, from from ph- pharmaceutical industry is so insane. I literally saw someone post the other yeah. day, like not ironically, <clears throat> talking about uh, using the example of thalidomide. And they were saying mm-hmm. like, um, oh, you know, people are pointing out 
and these anti-vaxxers have pointed out issues with drugs such as thalidomide, and they're like, but yeah, thalidomide is still used to this day, and it was, it was only, like, they, they were basically making excuses of, like, it is a good drug, they just didn't understand how it should be used, and it was marketed to the wrong people, but it is still a good drug. And I'm like, I don't think you're making the argument you think you're making here. Right, right. Yeah, they had to learn the hard way with horribly scarring the lives of uh, lots of people. That that was how they learned. The language, the, the language that they use is very, very careful, and, and um, it tr tricks people. They don't see how careful the language is. It's thought to be. It may cause it, you know, if there's no right. definitive language within it and it's very, um, people don't, normal people don't pick up on that, I see. But right. I, I see it, I'm like, oh God, <laughs> this you, is not promising us it's anything at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's by lawyer. This is, this is a legal. Uh, exactly. It gets back to my point about the just cover your ass. It's all about mm -hmm. liability. A lot of what we're seeing happening as far as the response. Yeah. They were primarily off the hook to begin with, though. Um, Big Pharma, you know, didn't pay the cost of doing business at all before. It would take decades to to um, take them to court and the, the onus has always been on us to prove that they've killed us, you know, right. It's um, been four, four point four. The FDA's always oh. given them. Yeah. 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 And it's the same with the Patriot Act. It's like, it's a doubling down, you know, like it's a doubling down of the, of big pharma off the hook. And it's a doubling down of the police state at the same time. It's terrifying. Um, Amelia, what happened in Memphis? What happened in Memphis? You mean in uh, 1878? Yeah. <laughs> Tell the class about Memphis in 1878. Oh. Oh, I think that was the year. Um, uh, yellow, uh, yellow fever epidemic. Uh, there were a series of them over the course of a bunch of years in a row. And um, yeah, they didn't really know it was mosquitoes. So they just were burning everything and treating it like, you know, likely germ theory, since that was what was going on scientifically at the time. And everyone fled and that could. And then I don't know what the what you want me to say specifically. Uh, it, it feels really applicable because you're dealing with a, a situation. It was 5,000 healthcare workers that died that oh, yeah. came from different places, right, that were religious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So but Amelia wrote a song. That's one of the most beautiful songs I've ever fucking heard about. That's called The Martyrs of Memphis. And it's great for just perspective because like I got a little perspective just from reading like Camus the Plague a bit, you know, like where you're like describing like piles of bodies and this kind of stuff. This is some weird shit at the beginning from New York. And I'm not I mean, it was bad. I get it. Like I've seen picture, pictures or not pictures, um, footage of people tossing bodies around like they were like nothing. And I, I'm like, dude, dead weight? Like, what the fuck am I looking at? It looked comical. Like, it was bizarre. Uh, not to say that there weren't a lot of dead people. It was just, I'm confused uh, looking at that. But anyway, this is an example of something that happened where, you know, people didn't, they didn't know 
what was causing it. And so they're approaching it in every way they know how. Like we've seen with the with the plague when people wore these masks with all this stuff inside, you know, for protection. And it turns out it did nothing. It did yeah. nothing because it was not coming from that. That's not how it was spreading. And so, you know, I I think I think it's it's we should we should consider that through time repeatedly we always think we're at this apex where no we got this we understand now and i don't think we actually do i think we're really unevolved and so we deal with the repercussions of that when we run with like this kind of authority it starts to feel very much like the new inquisition you know because uh we use almost almost any excuse and it's like the worst atrocities of man's inhumanity to man have always been through you know what's been rationalized as for the good of the planet or for the greater good and so i've always been afraid of that in my life like what people will do um based on what they think is best for everybody because i mean where do you where does it stop you know william you gotta will you're gonna have to hop off yeah, I have, I have to go here soon. Um, Why? Because. That's private. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you want me to tell you. It's not very exciting, Dave. Okay. Um, Do you get any um, uh, parting thoughts, though? Well, I'm just not. I just don't know what to do with myself. Like, as far as, like, I just... I just don't believe anything I see anymore. Like I don't jump to any conclusions or anything, but I fucking feel like I can't decide on if I'm being manipulated or it's just everybody's just incompetent. Does right. that make sense? I, I, it's both. I can safely say it's both. Sorry to jump to a conclusion, but I th I'm going to pull a Forrest Gump here and say, I think both things are happening at the same time. Yeah. I would but, agree. You know, yeah, I would I, agree. Yeah. Just, I, just, uh, I was just wondering if Will, you wanted to uh, to flesh that out a bit more or whatever, just because just you're going. <laughs> um, I'm not sure how to flesh that out. Yeah, I mean, uh, I just feel like, I feel like there's a lot of manipulation going on, but I think like there's not a very there's not like a, a there's not as many people on the planet who realize it's going on as you might have guessed. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah. there's another problem. <laughs> so I, just to say, the other problem is everyone feels like they're one of the few people that's got it figured out. I think that is really common. Like when I see the, the, you know, the people, just your, your average fucking, you know, people from life that you would work with or you'd whatever, and they're just, you know, have mainstream politics and they're spouting all the whatever, but they're saying as if like no one else gets it. Oh, oh my God, I can't believe these people don't understand that the science, right. you know, right. whatever, right? And so when I... Those individuals go the opposite way like six months later, though. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah, and then they'll treat sure. it like they, like it was always that way. And they'll... It's but, just man, you're doing... You guys do that shit, too. That's my point. Look, we all fucking... That's, look, what I'm trying to say is... <laughs> everybody's acting like they've got some shit figured out or that... Or, and when, when I think that... I think you what you hinted at, Will, what you said is... I can't, I don't know if I'm being this. And I think that is the, to me, that is the healthy approach to take, is I don't fucking know. 
I don't fucking so know. Many, like, I don't know. All I can do is, like, based off of, like, my own experience. You get what I'm saying? Of yeah. what I can cross-reference, but I don't like to hold on to anything anymore. Like, I don't like to hold on to this opinion or that opinion of what's going on. I fucking feel like there's... I've. I feel like like transcended above it. I feel like watching COVID is like watching the Bay of Pigs in the 60s. You know what I mean? Like you think of all of these things in your head, but it's mostly imagination. Right, but how do you make an, how do you make an informed choice? How do you, you can say like, cause this is the thing. It's like, I hear what you're saying and I resonate with it. But at, at, and at the same time, like if, if you're approaching something from a place where you say, I don't know, but then you have to make a decision at a certain point, see, then where, what are you going to do with it? Where is, where does complacency end and or indifference end and actually having a rational perspective that's encompassing and recognizing nuance, you know? Outside of the world, though, within the last couple of years, I've had some really, like, impactful things that have happened to me in my life. But I've also had, like, these epiphanies where it's like, oh, my God, this is this is the truth. I didn't know this for 40 fucking years. It just dawned on me. Like, I fucking feel like I have found a secret or some shit like that. But on the other half, it's like, what the fuck am I going to do with it now? Like, there's nobody I can tell. Like, you see the world happening in a certain way, but I feel so far removed from how, like, the majority of the rest of the fucking world that I'm just like, huh, fuck it. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Like, just, just keep researching and keep – I don't fucking – like, I have an enormous amount of uh, happiness in my life and stuff because of – and you said, like, where's your, like – Where's your compass? I think we wouldn't be here if all of our compasses weren't synchronicity in some way or another. Right. But there's so much shit going on. You can't be informed or know what the fuck to pay attention to. You have to let, to a certain degree, some intelligent understanding of how synchronicity works in other people's lives as well as yours. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what makes sense is that I spend fucking half my life looking paying attention to correlation not equaling causation and really like like honing in on uh, the tendency for um, confirmation bias. And what I found is this there's kind of a kicker because confirmation bias works in both directions. You can have confirmation bias where all you're doing is fucking negating everything that seems, you know, slightly outlandish. But you know what? There's a lot of shit in life that's outlandish, you know, and, and the weird thing about science is that you can't just go by appearances. And if you want to say that the fucking simplest explanation is the explanation. Amelia, what was that thing called that we looked up about? Oh, no, that wasn't. Oh, shit. No, that wasn't you. I was... <laughs> I was I was reading about uh, uh, Occam's razor, and that there's another another um, like there's like an answer to Occam's razor that goes into like it's like metaphysical because uh, it, it has to acknowledge that you know like when you're look relating to something as the simplest explanation is the most likely. How often is that actually true? Really? Like that that mm -hmm. guy with the fucking uh, horn headdress that was at the Capitol or whatever. I listened to him on Alex Jones. I think he said it like two or three times. Maybe he's talking. He's talking about I'm just following Occam's razor. So if you go through your life following fucking Occam's razor. You know, like like I said at the beginning of the conversation, you can blow into your fucking NES cartridge all you want. It's not actually helping it connect, <laughs> even though it seems like it sure did. But like shit happens like that all the time. You're like, oh well, you know. How did everyone else end up doing it? Like. 
<laughs> right. Well, that's the thing. There's all kinds of things that we do all the fucking time. Some of them actually affect us in negative ways. Some of us, we just go about and we just think we're doing something and it's not actually doing what we think it's doing. You know, Sometimes I wonder if like the human humans, because of the dynamic of how we interact with each other, it's almost like I have this belief, like when I when I was trying to teach my kid how to drive. She said the most important thing that I told her is when I was like, your instincts are going to take over. And she was like, but how am I going to have instincts to drive when driving is like a fairly new thing? I was like, I don't fucking understand it. Just trust it. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. That's actually, that's, that's, a, that's a, has to do with the, the subconscious too. It's anything that you repeat, any action that you do becomes mechanical. And so right. you call that but some the, scars in like, Sanskrit. It's the latent tendencies, you know? I understand that there's like a there's like a way that yourself can involve itself with the entire like semi simulation like the the simulation of basketball. So all sports or certain pockets of inner and in, in like understanding are just basically simulations, right? They're just like pocket, and you can you can understand all of those things about something without understanding how you understand i call that instinct like driving or whatever but you can have a basketball instinct it doesn't mean that it's like a genetic instinct though. right 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 you can develop that through intent yeah it's true well, it's like like with with like juggling but also you can just you can have like a a way of recognizing patterns that you're not even aware of like a background program that just recognizes patterns, you know, and so that's part of your instinct too. It feels like instinct, like it's just, but it's, it's like it's really a background. You can call it programming. Yeah. Well, see, what I fucking feel like is that a human race is programmable. And I think that certain individuals have known that for years. Like that's basically all a corporation or a logo or the Catholic Church or all of those ideas are basically just modernized understanding of what well, before was manipulative magic so, but, we're, you know? but we're programmable in different ways so um for myself as an autistic i'm not programmable by the the big um you know the big psychopaths in charge they cannot program me i see their their narrative i see what they're trying to do immediately but on the personal level in my in my personal life in uh, my individual um, relationships, I'm more aware of other people's emotions and what's going on for them than I am about myself because I've been masking for half of a century. Mm. You know, so I can be manipulated on a personal level. And it takes me a while to understand um, when I'm being manipulated on a personal level. Whereas it's immediate. You know, I see it immediately because I'm of the pattern recognition thing. I see the narrative immediately with the psychopaths in charge. And I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, uh, as I'm relating to a lot more autistics and, and stuff, they, they see it too. And they're, and, and they're kind of tapped into the oneness and the synchronicity. You know, mm -hmm. synch I think synchronicity is, is about the oneness. You know, it is all connected. Ultimately, mm -hmm. it is. You know, and, and some of us are more tapped in than others. But in different ways. I mean, we're all tuned differently. Um, in the way that we're tapped into it. Um, but if, <laughs> it's really funny that the whole, that whole narrative of, oh, autism is caused by vaccines and stuff, because if the government could stop autism with a vaccine, they would because of this 
pattern recognition. And that's why, you know, they, they try to get us on their side to, so that we can, you know, use our gifts for, for the, for their evil, <laughs> so to speak, that of, for the resistance. That's right. my take. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys were touching on like my sphere, the main, my main work, I guess, is with, is with my son and on the playground and with, with kids and, um, it's really, really amazing to see how these little kids are growing up in this world. Um, like my my son is remote, but his class is not. And on the times when his class all goes remote for some reason, the teachers say something like, now you can see my face and we can all see each other's faces. How nice is this? And it's just really bizarre, like what we're doing, um, I think, you know, we can speculate and, and, and I, you know, as far as the vaccine, I just feel a lot of pressure. Like I'm not going to be able to hang out with my friends if I don't get it. It's kind of in New York city where I live. It's, I mean, I don't have friends that are not um, planning on getting vaccinated as far as I know. Um, But what I see with the kids is just that, I mean, yeah, we can speculate about, you know, this and that, but one thing that's just in my face and undeniable is that we're running an, an, an immense experiment on the development of these children because we do program humans. That's what childhood is. I mean, it's always programming and we're programming yeah. them in, in a massive experiment yeah. of, of masking and, and in a time when they learn social cues. I mean, we forget, like so many people forget how much of yeah. communication is, um, is nonverbal. And facial expression, it's it's shocking. It's no, shocking I, to ex- I don't forget it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It affects us so much um, on, a, on a daily level. And I never realized how much it should affect me because I don't really understand it very well. But it's what girls my age when I was in high school to reject me. And so most of my friends were guys and still are. And my closest friends were gay men. And I learned my feminine presentation from gay boys. You know, that's how much of an effect. Just facial expressions, you know, understanding that or, you know, nonverbal cues can have on a person. It's, it's a dramatic effect. Well, I think my, my wonder, though, is, you know, how, like, if, you, okay, so we're humans and we look at an ant bed and then we can determine, like, Oh, well, this is how, this is what the ant hierarchy is. And they do this for this reason. And they do that. And we don't know how they all like do it together, but this is the mechanics of how it works. I, I feel like I'm looking at humans in the same way. Like not only are we programmable, I think that that's like how our evolution has, what our evolution has done to us in a way because of I, you know, I don't know, European uh, monarchy systems or whatever. That's how humans, like, if you look at us when we make little ant beds, like each country is like an ant bed. You mm-hmm. get what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's how we work. Like, po- like propaganda is like we're me- uh, we're mechanized. Yeah, we're, mecha- we're mechanical. Yeah. To a, to a, to an extent, that's what neurosis is: is a mechan- being stuck in a mechanical society and becoming mechanical yourself, where the external influences the internal that should be free, 
And so like that's was the problem with Wilhelm Reich is that everyone kept on fucking quitting their their factory jobs after they would because he was with a lot of the lower class people, you know, middle class, lower class people like doing this work. And then they'd have these breakthroughs and they were like, I'm fucking done with this. And so that's when he really became an enemy of the state was having success translate to people quitting their fucking jobs. And so a lot of people are just like they're over. Hey, it. can can I can I jump in on that on that note? You just reminded me of something you pissed me off the other day, and uh, I just want to sort of bring up. You put up that thing about like the people on unemployment and stuff like that, and I think you are mis. You know, you're sort of parroting a narrative of where to push blame. In a situation where, as again, as we've seen, everyone throughout the last year, every major power, every everything, someone has grabbed a fucking. It's been a cash grab, a power grab. Oh, can I, can I make sure that I'm the fucking president? Can I make sure that I'm the fucking guy who gets to make this decision? Can I make a billion fucking dollars? Can I impose this martial law? Can I be a Douglas Ford? Can I be a, you know, whatever the fuck do you want to be? You see these like major things, but when I see people complaining about the unemployment stuff, to me, if that is tied into what you're describing right there of people waking up and saying, "Wait a second, my fucking bosses are grabbing a hundred fucking grand," but meanwhile writing op-eds about, "Oh, you know, these lazy people don't want to fucking go back to work." In this thing, yeah, that, no, that, the, other, the other issue has to do with all the small businesses being forced to cl to cl close their doors, and th that's a different thing than if we're talking about you need to go fucking work for Amazon or something. It's like who's being most affected by this? And a lot of the things that I would have I wouldn't have felt at in in March and April of last year, I feel I I feel differently about now. And at the time I felt similarly because I know that when we take away certain freedoms, what we have to do, what we have to go through before we get those freedoms back. And so when I see something taken away being rationalized, I'm like, yeah, this is going to go on and on. So when I heard fucking 2 weeks to flatten the curve, I was like, yeah, I don't buy it. Uh, because once we make a decision like that and we say we enforce some kind of new law, we don't get the we don't get those freedoms back generally. And if we do, it's like how is that, wait, how is that connected to what I'm talking about? I'm I'm saying are are you are you are you are you getting angry about the like I was never, you know, I was never uh, angry. I wasn't angry. I was actually calm as a cucumber as I was writing that. And what I was really no, no, no. what I was really arguing was that let me let me finish my thought here. Let me finish okay. my thought. What I'm saying is like if if you are making are you making an issue out of hey all these cruise lines that aren't even registered in the United States to pay taxes here that they got these bailouts are you upset about um, all, you know all the abuse of these PPP grants are you uh, where are you directing your like hey look at this example of you know a, abuse or the sheeple. Like, so that, that's what I'm saying. You said, hey, this is either fear or comfort that are making people make these decisions. No, I was and saying fear, fear or comfort for people who, who have the ability to go to go to work, but are still going to just continue to get the, the EDD. You know, it's like if, if at which point do, is that I'm saying, what, what, what other explanation is there other than fear or comfort? 
Do you have another explanation? Okay, yeah. Uh, th I'm saying you were mentioning yourself. You were talking about Reich and people being like, oh, shit, this, this is the situation where why am I doing this? Right. Why am I contributing? And that was literally why I brought this up. Right. Like, so I think that that's, that's the issue is that if I make one statement, I might have a hundred other things to say that are other sides to to the issue. So, I you know if you say if you if you uh, is is fear and boredom uh, like is 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 or not boredom but wanting certain certain comforts like a bad thing. I wasn't saying that with a judgment, and I'm not even really saying it on on, on the fear tip of I don't judge people for that. I fucking had I've been you know working with my boss. He wears like three masks. You know, not in the last like week or so. His wife got a um, a uh, what do you fucking call it? The thing that people are saying that they're blood clots. So she got a blood clot in her lung and almost died uh, in the last two weeks. And so you know, I was I, before that happened. I was uh, shortly before that I was talking to to Baruch about the situation, and he was like, you know, that he's got asthma. And I'm like, yeah, I know. He's afraid. And like, I don't judge that fear. Like, I get it. And at the same time, like, it's like, well, we're, it's it's like what Keith said about I, why I had the response that I said beyond that. I tried to qualify further. It's like that cat because you're like you have an outdoor you have an indoor cat. And then you're like, well, if I let it go outdoors, its chances of survival are lowered. It's got a less of a life expectancy, but you want it to have a fuller, better life. A lot of the things that are happening are like that. You're like, well, where's the what's the end game of people staying inside? especially if it's if it's going to be enforced like all the businesses around my business that have had to close down i mean these are small businesses and i don't know how those people what those people are going to do the amount of homeless people has gone up dramatically the amount of suicides has gone up dramatically alcohol sales have been up over 50 percent the entire time like that kind of shit dude it's like there's a, there's it's not i'm just i'm just arguing that it's not as fucking simple as people's lives versus the economy because people's lives get affected by affecting not just the economy but people's fucking livelihoods you're trying to survive and if you say that you have to be dependent upon the government for survival and you're like completely willing to go on with that indefinitely that's going to be problematic and I hear what you're saying. I'm I saying, said it are, you, are you then? Are you then making an? Like, here's my point. I, I'm trying. I'm trying to point out a blind spot for you. Are you saying uh, there are there are major billion dollar industries that are dependent on their government on the government for their livelihood? And that is not sustainable either. But I'm right. saying it's like to me. There's. It's like the. I I feel like I guess what I'm trying to come at this is like I feel like. Um, it's like when it's like when some some well-intentioned person is like, oh, you know, don't use a plastic straw. You're gonna just kill the planet. And I'm like, no, probably the fucking you know trillion dollars a day of of um, empire and industry is killing the planet. I don't. If think you it's pull, if you post thing. a video of a fucking turtle choking on a face mask, are people gonna say that we can't have face masks anymore? Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and so and so, Alan. I think that the, <laughs> the, the 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 issue here is that, like, like I just said about Wilhelm Reich. Like, I recognize that side of it. Like, I'm not negating that. I just think that, like, generally speaking, people are either being like fucking Eric Cartman and just stoked at the social distancing, and there's just like there's a comfort side to that, <laughs> and they like want to keep it because they're just like, and they don't have to work, and they're like, fuck, just, this is this is much better. You know, I was stressed out, and now I'm not. <laughs> 
you know precisely back now back up what, what this is not <laughs> this is not something for you to be defensive about i'm saying hey i'm not being defensive <laughs> you're being defensive <laughs> This is feeling too much like Facebook. <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of which, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read a, a random friend of mine from uh, my hometown, and I won't use his name, and I won't use my hometown, but I'm gonna read it to you real quick. And this is, I know of two restaurants in who are doing takeout because they can't get people to work. Why? Because the federal government and all their wisdom has made it too lucrative for people to not work if you can't see that exactly what liberals big government and their useful idiots and the big media want to do to this country then i feel bad for you son thanks dad yes (laughs) 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 so what you said about wilhelm reich and people in factories where they're saying hey this was this was a moment of of you know could be this moment of like hey why am i why am i a fucking wage slave why do i want to be and right. all i'm trying to say is i think you you said hey the, it's either fear or comfort show me a third option and i'm trying to say that you already pointed <laughs> out the third option when in when you were talking about right and the factory workers that there is a chance for, i feel like this year there is a chance for people to wake up and go wait a second why the fuck am i doing this so, like, for right. example, me, I gave up my unemployment benefits to go back to work f- to help a guy reopen his fucking restaurant who, you know, is saying the basically that that could have come out of that guy's mouth, you know, who's saying all these sorts right. of things. But this guy got a fucking hundred grand from the fucking government this year for to to bail his thing out, to bail his business out. He got his whole in, his whole business was built on. Um, going into this poor neighborhood and getting these tax uh, credits to build his bar in this poor fucking neighborhood to literally benefit off gentrification. This, this, but this people like that are saying, hey, how dare you get a handout from the government? It's like, motherfucker, you right, are, right, you right, are right. the fucking yeah. tick that is sucking the blood out of thing at a much larger scale than anyone else. And I feel like for some kid who's working at fucking Burger King and says, holy shit, guess what? Maybe... I don't have to fucking be a wage slave for this thing. I feel like that is a potential, a form of some, some awareness there. Now, it's all, yeah, is, is it the, also the possibility that guy could just be like, fuck it, I don't want to go out and I like sitting home? Sure, but I don't give a fuck. If that guy, if that's where that dude is at, that's fucking, that's fine to me. That is much less offensive to me than the, you know, guy who's riding around in a fucking lexicon chomping on cigars being complaining about government handouts when that's what he lives off. Right, so but how is, that, how is that not comfort? If you remove the judgment from comfort, how is that not comfort? Well, see, there is judgment on comfort, though. I fucking There is. Like, Should there be? No, I mean, oh, Arthur C. Mm-hmm. Clarke's whole no, thing I, was I, that we'd get to the point where, where everything I, would be automated. We would be taken care of. <laughs> but I, I but, do think... Sorry, I just can I just say real quick to answer your question? Is I, I understand what you're saying. Hey, there's not... Fear of judgment does not come with a a judgment value, my my point is simply um, that there, I do think that there's a that third item that I'm trying to address that goes back to the, the Reich and, and the factories, that third item is not, I would not call that comfort, I would call that a sense, a potential, potentially a sense of empowerment. 
Well, right, I, but I, a lot I, of people that I know that are getting collecting EDD and not working are not exactly empowered. In fact, most of them are really fucking depressed. So for the for the record, Reiki and Reiki, right? Never Reiki, little little Billy Reiki. <laughs> um, so <laughs> like, uh, Wilhelm Reich would not say like th them stopping their jobs at the factory was not because they were sitting at home masturbating the whole time either. They weren't just like raveling. You don't in know that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I mean, it's in it's in the I'm literature. Pretty sure they were. <laughs> no. And my point is, if they were, what's wrong with that? <laughs> I don't think that. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. To me, to me, it's the equivalent of. To me, it's like the equivalent of like, hey, we, we can we'll legalize marijuana now, so a bunch of like businesses, like here, in, I'm I'm living in Virginia. They're passing these laws, and it's like they're just people lined up, filling up applications to get their hands on that fucking money. But these are white, wealthy businessmen who are investing in a thing that, right now, under mm -hmm. the while they're you're filling yeah. out the paperwork to make and money off of it, it, there are people going to jail for it. Yeah. Well, you, you know, know what? When you when you when people have less jobs in fucking small businesses because the small businesses were forced to close and weren't able to I keep up. I don't disagree with that. Like, hey, man, hey, yeah. hey, hey, that's what I'm like I think that's where like I, this is not about that. I I I agree that you should not have shut down small businesses. If fucking Target can be open, why can't mom and pop? I I, I totally right. agree with that. That's 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 you know, that's not where I'm coming at with this. It's like it's not about Hey, here's here's this problem now. Yeah, I understand. Here's this fucking problem now. I just don't think the, I don't think the people to blame is the single straw. Is my, my you know you, again? It's this. It, it's funny. I'm not. wasn't trying to make like a metaphor of like the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> or the straw that the fucking mm -hmm. turtle choked on. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I wasn't trying to make that pun or anything. But I feel like that's sort of where we're at. Is like, yeah, uh, we we you and I are both seeing a major problem and. I, I, I particularly, like I said, for my industry, like it is devastated. They fucking destroyed. We have my, my, I live in a city that is very dependent on our restaurant scene. Like that is like what we have going for us. We're like a foodie city. And this year there is at least 40% of bars or restaurants have permanently closed. I mean, things that were fucking institutions are just gone. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that I really, I, uh, I guess why I get passionate about it, because like when I see particular, you know, in this scene, people, everyone's upset and like, holy shit, we're all fucking devastated. And then it's like, who, who can you point a finger at fast enough? And it's like, no one wants to point the finger at these fucking guys who are m making billions and that's, billions. That's of the cops. only that thing. What you're talking about ultimately trumps everything. <laughs> what? Billions and billions. Oh, thank you. It's true. And people still don't even know what a fucking billion dollars really means. Wealth by scale? Give me a fucking break. People think well, that they're on the same level. You know what? I, I want to share something. I had a reckoning with my father, who was a Trump supporter, re relatively recently. And, oh, hell no. And what it, came, what it came down to was... Bye, guys. Was I, can I just... Let me, it's let me about share. to get free. What? I was cool with the Riking shit. I'm cool with the Jungian shit, but that sounds like it's about to get Freudian, bro. Maybe. 
Maybe. I'm de- okay. But uh, anyway, you know, hey, you know what? Clean your room and reconcile your relationship with your father. That's what I t- all I take from Jordan Peterson. <laughs> All right. Uh, but no, I just I want to share this because it's applicable. So like okay. with, with, right. my, with, with my dad, I was like, I had to say, I was like, Dad, the thing I always respected most about you in business was your honesty. And I remember several times where people tried to get my dad to go in with them on cons, you know, different different angles on things. And my dad was never down because he's very ethical in the business sense, you know. And so I said, I don't understand. The hardest thing for me to wrap my mind around is your support of this guy who seems to be the antithesis of everything that I've come to relate to you in terms of business. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. And my dad said to me, he goes, you know what? I live in Weezer, bumfuck Idaho. And I drive past these, like, uh, trailer parks. And I see the Trump flags at the trailer parks. And I think to myself, I know why I wanted him to be president, but I can't understand what you think you're going to get out of it. And what I told my dad, I was was like, okay, well, you consider how you look at those people in the trailer park. Consider what a billionaire thinks if he was to look at you and his own rationale for why he supports it and why he might feel the same equivalent way as you feel about those people in the trailer parks, he might feel about you. And since we, I said that to him, we haven't had like the tensions that we've had because he was willing to acknowledge the, the a, a a blind spot of of his you know that wasn't as freudian as i thought it was going to be yeah that's great that's great so that sounds healthy yeah totally healthy guys it has been a pleasure this evening all right it won't be the same without you will well thank you for inviting me see you will thank yeah, you we'll talk to you later bye guys bye yeah. bye um hey can amelia can you do a plug for our project oh yeah sure (laughs) um david made a sync film with my new album that's what you're talking about right yeah (laughs) um and it's called um um, light your own damn candle and it's the movie saint maud with my new album which is called akudim um or the bound world and I, I mean, it's basically, I think it's magic. <laughs> just, I mean, just the we way it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's to- total magic. It yeah. blew, blew both of our minds. And so I was saying to Amelia for months that I'm going to play her album when she's done with it with St. Maud. And I hadn't, the movie wasn't out yet. So I hadn't seen it. And I kept on saying that. And I said, if there's a candle in the fucking movie, then we got something solid. And uh, sure enough, when she does the song, Light Your Own Damn Candle, it lands as there's this whole thing with a birthday cake, and it's fucking out of control ridiculous. And so, yeah, there's a lot of things all the way through that are, like, just astounding. And the Martyrs of Memphis song and how it relates with this um, healthcare worker and everything, it's, it's, it's fucking unbelievable. So, yeah. It's it was but, it was a passion project for both. But of isn't us. it isn't it kind of like also like an experiment because you were you were kind of wondering if we could manipulate it. Yeah, we wanted to manipulate. I wanted her to manipulate it afterwards. <laughs> I was like, come on, we can just tweak something here and there to make it whatever. It went better than we could ever have done if we had tried to do that. And so like she wasn't even completely done with the album. But then I was like, just let me do what it is, you know, as it is, because she's going to cut some out. And if, and so if you take her album and you double it 
and you align the very end of the last song of the album to the very end of the film exactly, then it makes it so the first song, the first round, starts on the fade-out of St. Maud's title. It's crazy. Holy moly. <laughs> so anyway, that's a recommendation. Cool. Uh, so can I can I bitch about something? Just be on, well since we're here talking about COVID shit. That really was one of the most frustrating things I've come across. Um, you know, the the CDC on their death statistics page used to have death by age with the chart where they're all included to scale. And at a certain point, maybe about six months ago. Uh, they changed it so that each one of those deaths by age are separated from each other. So, which is gives you far less of a perspective on what you're actually looking at. Because when I used to share it, when they were all different colors and together by their own scale, uh, people would would say it's fake constantly. They're like, "Where'd you get this fake chart?" And I would share the link to the CDC, and then every time it was a conversation stopper. So like, there's no more replies after that. And so now they've changed it. So I can't like just show it in one picture. I was gonna maybe ask somebody that, that could work with graphs um, if they wanted to take what the current readout is uh, from the beginning of COVID and see what it looks like. Um, but death by, death by age is like, is really, really something. And it's, it shouldn't be used as any kind of rationalization. I just, I have two things, like I don't, I don't like it if you point out something that's positive and somehow because you're doing that, that you it means this, that, and the other, that you're denying a crisis or whatever. Like I recognize a crisis and at the same time, I think it should be approached in the perspective of what it actually is and not projections of what it could be. Because whenever you're making decisions based on, on projections alone, it, it's, that's, you know, we've, we've, we've been shown that a lot of our projections were dramatically off. Um, so yeah, over and over and over. Yeah. The way they did the death statistic in the beginning, not accounting for asymptomatic people, you know, they're all, you know, like they knew that they were doing that wrong. That's the other thing. The manipulation of data is huge in this whole thing. So what's behind that? Why that? That's another pattern recognition is the, the manipulation of data, which is so obvious to me, but other people, they're just like, what are you talking about? I'm like, That's true. Look at the data set. How can you get those answers? You know, it doesn't even make sense. You know, uh, how can we be making these decisions on what we think it's going to be, not what it is? You know, and that's what that is the brilliance of, of how um, Big Pharma does things. Right. They've been able to slowly manipulate us to the, to just what we think is going to be the answer. Just literally turning the, the scientific process on it, you know, making, deciding what the answer is going to be, and then manipulating the data to get that answer. You know, that's not fucking science. Right. You, when you turn, the, when you turn, oh, I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say the other thing is a manipulation of the opposition, you know, like I, I, I'm in the, this discussion with a friend of mine mm -hmm. and he's coming from the right wing side. And he was he was saying, like, 
if you go back a year ago, like in April of this time, you, you had all the, the big anti-lockdown protests. And he's saying, these are all Trump supporters. These guys were all on the right. Like, where are the liberals at that time or the other leftists or whatever? But if you look into those protests, mm -hmm. they were sponsored by devils of the... Yes. Uh, of the, Am of the Amway family, and they're, they're yeah. supported by Eric Prince of right. uh, Blackwater, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and, and by mm -hmm. Trump, of course. You know, so it's almost as if those protests were put in place to preempt a more inclusive protest against the, uh, against the lockdowns, you know, and against the, uh, the added security measures or whatever, you know. It's like, yeah, they uh, wanted to create an association that anybody that wasn't going with the grain was with this thing that we've had charged for the last five years. Well, yeah, and, it, and, it, and, they, and it swung all to the right, you know, so anybody who's in opposition to this is far right, which in a way becomes true. It, it becomes like uh, it, it's manipulated like that. And so right. it, it is far, far right groups who control it. And, and the reason, one of the reasons for that is that they don't, the, the far right doesn't care about uh, the people that Kira you're showing in that chart. Like they don't care about that a lot of people, Native Americans are dying from the virus or that uh, black people are, are, mm -hmm. are uh, dying from the virus. So it's, it's easy for them in a, in a very simple, <coughs> nuanced way to just say, yeah, the virus is, is just a fraud that doesn't exist. Um, the vaccine is bad. The lockdown is bad. And, it, and it's so easy. It, 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 they simplified so much that they then become the dominant oppositional narrative you know right exactly. and so that's mm -hmm. that's kind of what i wanted to talk about today like get a get a new sort of articulation of of like an oppositional perspective that's not getting swept into that narrative you know i think i think that's what alan's getting to as well yeah know? i i like if i if i'm really honest with you all like i i could tell you like a few months ago i saw like you know like guys like uh keith and david like seeing stuff you put on facebook i'm in agreement with and then suddenly i see like david you're like oh actually tucker carlson has some really good points and i'm like what um, the fuck no hey about? hey let me qualify right? that was literally like i saw maybe three <laughs> videos out of fucking hundreds of videos of tucker carlson where there was like a few things that he said where i was kind of like wow thank you and you know what I'd say a few videos out of fucking ever all the times where I'm just like I don't like the guy or anything that he fucking represents, but there's been a few things that have been said where I'm actually like I actually agree with that. Uh, sure, I, yeah, I, I agree with what with I agree with what Mitch McConnell said when fucking during the impeachment hearing at the end, but I didn't agree with fucking Mitch McConnell fucking still voting against the impeachment anyway. So I think, it's like, I think it's Alan like, was just. Alan, you're just using that as an example, right? It's not yeah, what I was, what I was anybody, right? like a, yeah, what I'm yeah. saying is, like, um, I'm try, really trying to bring attention to what you, your point was, in order, where it's like, the, if the only op oppositional narrative is controlled by the right, uh, how does that work as a way of disenfranchising opposition, right? I think that's what you're trying, and that's what I was like, if... If you have, like, so, Keith, you shared an article that was, like, from, uh, gosh, one of the um, Ben Shapiro's site, you Ooh. know? And I'm, like, um, like, I would, like, you put up something, and I said, okay, cool, you know, Keith, awesome. Click the link. And I start to read the article, and I'm, like, why are there five Ben Shapiro ads on this article? And then I'm, like, looking around, I'm, like, oh, I'm on that kind of site. My point 
is simply like that has a like that has an effect not only on who's viewing that information and and you know because it brings my bias into like it literally it's like it, it's triggering my bias like whoa i don't want to fucking be here right um but then the other side of that is i really again like, the only reason i brought it up was more about Cisanor's point of like what is when you have uh it, it goes back to pr like you know the say governor governor uh florida says hey man i'm on your side i'm um we're not gonna have any vaccine passports so you're like and i'm again i'm not criticizing i'm not saying you are i'm not trying to put words in your mouth i'm just sort of creating like a uh example a metaphor right so this guy gets on gets on tv says hey i'm i'm on your side i'm with this and then that's to me is the the right wing taking positioning themselves as the ones in alignment with this oppositional narrative so that if you want if you are in opposition to what's happening these are the guys who are on your team right. when in reality those guys aren't should never be on your fucking team because they are they are trying to take advantage just as uh, you know, Biden is taking advantage of this to get his power. Mitch McConnell or whomever is taking advantage of the situation to grab their power. Right? And, and again, I, I know you guys all know this. What I'm saying is more so I think that's what, Zanor, you're really trying to, if, if correct me if I'm wrong, it feels like that's what you were trying to like point out. Like, hey, by them kind of latching onto or taking ownership of, and then it gets into these really muddy waters and where it's like, you want to share an article and it's like, well, if we per uh, for example, I saw a fucking thing a few days ago that was like, it was from CNN. It was, I agreed with everything fucking said in it. And I was like, and it was, it was just because it was, sh it was shocking that it even came from CNN. I'm just like, well, this is weird. This is fucking weird. But like, I'm not going to fucking share that. I'm not going to anything because I fucking hate that source. But right. Like, but that's a genetic fallacy. Well, yeah, but yeah. 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 So, so uh, I think that's kind of what I'm getting at is like, by by making it the only way you can, if you want to share this information that you want to share, if you have, if you're sort of put into a position where you can only link to fucking Alex Jones or Ben Shapiro or something like that, that is, that it's is like a inoculation. Yeah, it's a control and an, uh, an oscillation. Maybe right. Like, well, a lot of, a lot of uh, people have been so censored. That like a lot of the best things I've found have been like on fucking BitChute, where it's like this was removed from YouTube. I mean, I, it was like April or or maybe March where there was like that three hour David Icke thing that got censored, um, and uh, I, it was like a three hour interview, and there was really like only a couple like take. I roll my eyes through a lot of it. I found it entertaining, but I was like, I want to hear what he actually has to say, you know. Um, and one of one of the things that I couldn't fucking like. I wasn't able to debunk was this like one statement that he made about C Carrie Mullis, uh, the inventor of the PCR test, uh, uh, where he's he was he was making a specific argument about the the way that they'll do these rounds of magnifying particles that could be related to the virus. So it's like, but his whole thing was he's like, this serves a real function in science. Which is, you know, what what my discovery is is something really important. I mean, it's great to get a PCR test because it's like three or four days till you get results, which is really short. Uh, but like in a lot of countries, if you get a PCR test and it turns out positive, that's not a case. 
you have to do another test after that to determine if it is in fact a case. It means it's cause for concern. And then they also would take into account what, how many rounds you're doing and what that translates to in the likelihood of you actually having this and not just antibodies or whatever it's picking up on. Um, so it can actually be a good thing in a PCR test at times, depending if it comes out positive, that it could be something else that's actually help, helping you res resist the virus, which is the same concept of a vaccine. And so it's just, you know, it's weird that that is so controversial and people will just say, oh, Kerry Mullis was an AIDS denier. No, he wasn't a fucking AIDS denier. He said that, that, the, that there was a conflation of the numbers, which was causing some confusion and that that wasn't what the test that he built was designed for. And like, I'm like, so David Icke says that and it's bookended by shit. I don't know. Grain of salt. That was a grain of salt too. But you know, um, anyway, 